Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's headphones nailed! What's up guys, Headphones Neil here, back with a quick bonus episode on this Christmas Eve. So, um, after recording the last episode, I totally spaced on Rebel Moon Part 1 being released on December 21st. So, I decided I would give it a watch as soon as I could, I was hoping for by the end of the year. But, as luck would have it, I had a chance to finish watching the whole film sooner than I expected. So I thought originally that I would do a review of just that film, but then I also had enough free time to finish the second episode for Duke, Duke Nukem 3D Lunar Apocalypse. So I thought I would do a combined review as an extra episode as a follow-up to the main um, episode for last week, just because it's one of those things where on a normal week it would have been um, all um, finished and completed and reviewed, uh, prior to the end of the week and all in one podcast episode. Um, but just because of me spacing, timing, and all of that, here we are in a bonus review. And I totally um, acknowledge the irony of it after my last review where I felt that Doom 3 Resurrection of Evil should have been part of um, the main Doom game. Um, not knowing exactly the story behind what happened, but... You know, it feels like the similar thing where, you know, for whatever reason, they realized after the fact that they needed to round out a story, they wanted to do an add-on pack instead of a separate episode or whatever. So part of me is th saying, thinking, you know, personally that this is different, I spaced and I forgot and it's just me. So it could have been part of the main episode, but it wasn't versus, you know, not finishing a story, not being able to, timing, whatever. So a bunch of normal factors. So... Um, total sidetrack and side jag aside, like I said, I had a chance to finish watching Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. So going into it, I did see some of the headlines and stories about how it's kind of a Star Wars clone. It was supposed to be a Star Wars movie, but because of rights and not being a part of Disney and all of that, that here we are, we have this movie that's basically Star Wars in everything but name and um, characters and all that. So that being said, um, 
Overall, I want to say that I actually enjoyed the movie. The first 30 minutes or so are actually pretty slow. So once you get past that, the rest of the movie actually picks up. The pacing is perfect and everything works out. Um, so while this is supposed or was supposed to originally be a Star Wars movie, and you would see things like that with the film opening with a ship um, coming into view of the screen and then panning down over a planet much like Star Wars. You have ships that look like um, Star Wars um, heavy cruisers and then light cru ships that look reminiscent of like the ships from Rogue One or an X-Wing TIE, not really TIE fighters, but you know, reminiscent of like uh, X-Wing variants kind of thing. Um, and then you have a samurai character who has blades that look very much like um, lightsabers, a bad guy who looks very much like an imperial officer, and things like that. But once you get past that, like I said, that initial 30 to 45 minutes, you start getting into a film that's very reminiscent of what this film is actually based on and what Star Wars itself was based on and that's the film Seven Samurai. So you have a village that's being threatened by this um, basically a, the, the, the rebel moon version of the Empire, um, an overwhelming evil force, uh, evil nation state, you know that sort of thing. And you have a small village where you have residents who are looking for warriors to help them fight the good fight because they're unable to defend themselves. Um, so overall, that's where you kind of what you kind of get when you get into this film. So it actually turns more into a Seven Samurai or a film inspired by Seven Samurai, but then you have visual elements that are very reminiscent of Star Wars, but also mixing in. Um, more of the visuals and scope of a movie like Dune. So when you're watching a lot of the um, presentation of it, it's actually very reminiscent of the latest Dune, Dune movie, not Dune, Dune movie. So you have, you know, wide Western Front style planets and presentations and fields and field of views and things like that. So when you're watching it, it's like you, you get a lot more scope of where things are. And I definitely appreciate having the title cards for where, which planet we're going to. So that actually made me, or the film actually reminded me a lot of uh, Rogue One. So this is essentially like a Rogue Two minus the Star Wars elements. So another uh, cross comparison there. But if you take out the whole visual and theming elements of Star Wars from your mind, you get a movie that is also inspired by things like dune and to a certain extent firefly because i guess so firefly is a space so i get from my memory of it is supposed to be a space western and that's kind of what you have here i mean you have um the main planet where the farmers are from being a homestead kind of like along the lines of being in a western you're going to various planets that have you know it's a not necessarily pr uh, prison colonies but you're going to you know the fringes of various places that people would go to hide out so overall um even if it's not inspired by star wars you, you could even say it's inspired to a certain extent by only dune and firefly so overall once you're finished watching this film is very well done um you get the grittiness um not necessarily dark but you you realize why this film uh for me it works just because you have every all the different elements more directly tuned to um 
a film like Seven Samurai because it matches that storyline a lot more. Now, to be fair, I will say that um, you can see how this film was supposed to be a Star Wars film. Um, so, you know, you have the samurai lady um, who has these dual sabers, which are very reminiscent of lightsabers. You have the smuggler types. Uh, you have a good smuggler and bad smuggler. Um, you have the main lady who's the protagonist of the film. She doesn't know her, her true identity or she's running from it. Um, you have um, various characters that you meet along the way that have various traits and abilities and um, skill sets that they're going to bring to this whole um, endeavor. Um, the, the first guy that um, Korra um, signs on with, the guy who betrays the clan or the home, the farm initially, he reminded me a little bit of... Atten Rand from Knights of the Old Republic 2. You know, he's a shifty character, a little bit shady, cagey. You don't know what he's going to do. He's going to sell out for the easy buck kind of thing. But then he ends up doing the right thing because um, he realizes what needs to be done and what he's doing was wrong and that these farmers are fighting for their survival. Um, and then you have, um, for example, the main brother and sister, the... Freedom Fighters, they didn't really remind me of anyone in particular, but, you know, a lot of it what did deal with, you know, because of their clan and being hired to do what they needed to do, it kind of, they kind of reminded me of, you know, transla directly translating to Wookiees that um, they hate the Empire, they hate what was being done to them, they were enslaved and now they're free and they're fighting for their freedom and they don't want to get into their fight, but they're going to do the right thing because... They remember like things like they had the alliance with the Jedi, so they do remember things like that. So um, things go badly for them, but now they're out for revenge as well. But the biggest connection to me for to Star Wars was General Titus. So when we first meet him, he's you know this drunkard living out in the middle of nowhere. And once you get him cleaned up and shaved a little bit and you have his, we get a little bit of his attitude and snarkiness and things like that. He did remind me a lot of uh, Jolie Bindo from Knights of the Old Republic 1. So when you meet him on Kashyyyk, he's not a drunkard, but he is a loner. He's living in the Wastelands or the Badlands, the Shadowlands, that's what it's called. But he's living in the Shadowlands. He's still a Jedi or he's not a Jedi he's not a Sith so he's not really fighting for anybody he's on his own and you recruit him to your cause but he's still out for out in it or he's, he's still in it for himself so you have things like that going on so that for his character once you have him cleaned up he was very reminiscent of a Jolie Bindo type of character so I got to thinking that this film felt like it was Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's originally going to be a Knights of the Old Republic film. Because you're building up your crew of like seven or eight people, you have this ship that... Um, is going to take you everywhere. Um, so except for the guy that betrays them all, um, who is kind of like the DJ character from uh, Last Jedi, um, except for him, you kind of have everyone else being the main characters of your movie and of a Knights of the Old Republic movie so to make me wonder if they had trouble doing all of these different things to bring them to the screen, um, especially for a character like... Um, that main bad guy throughout the film, the Imperial Officer, I wonder if he was originally supposed to be cast as the um, Malik-type character. Um, there's no one really who's a Revan kind of character, except for Korra's father, maybe. So, until we get, you know, Rebel Moon Part 2, or potentially the director's cut of Rebel Moon Part 1, um, with the presentation as is, it does feel like they were drawing in, or pulling in a lot of various Star Wars elements early on to, you know, do a Star Wars Old Republic kind of movie, and kind of probably introduce, like, the Rise of the Republic kind of thing. You know, maybe the end of the Brotherhood of, I think it was Brotherhood of Darkness or Brotherhood of Shadows, something like that. So, you know, the end of them, the rise of um, Darth Bane potentially and all of that stuff. But for whatever creative differences, they couldn't do it. They, um, Zack Snyder fell off the project um, and all of that. So instead of being able to do that, he, he kind of basically changed all the names, ship designs and all that a little bit to avoid... Um, you know, copy, copyright infringement and all that, and then made Rebel Moon Part 1. So that being said, like I said, overall, I recommend it. It's worth watching. So as long as you can not be hung up on this being a Star Wars knockoff, you'll enjoy it. I mean, for me, being a huge Star Wars fan, I mean, it's, it was easy to draw the parallels and see, you know, that's an X-Wing. We're on a homestead that droid looks like kind of like a K2SO model droid. Um, you have the Imperial Army and um, that main, the main Imperial guy that we see throughout the film is kind of like a director Krennic. Um, so even, it's even it could even potentially be like a Rogue One knockoff or this was supposed to be a Rogue One film, but for whatever reason, or like a Rogue Two film or something like that. So 
Um, once you get things like that out of your mind, it overall becomes a very good movie, but you do see how it's heavily influenced by more from Seven Samurai and Dune than Star Wars. Star Wars is up on the list, but I would probably say it's maybe third in uh, line, maybe even closer to like second place with Dune, but it's still heavily, more heavily influenced by Seven Samurai than Dune or Star Wars, because at this point it's easy to make those comparisons, but still is kind of in that realm of presentation so that's why for me it's not a poorly made film i enjoyed it very much and can't wait for the second part which apparently is coming in or as of right now coming in april of 2024 um so that being said the film is streaming on netflix um the trailer for part two is also up on netflix as of this recording and supposedly there's a longer director's cut that has more of uh, more background story and development that's even longer but they wanted to get the a pg-13 version out of the film out first and then an r-rated version out later based on i guess how things go or just to have a potential like refresher later so maybe it's i figure for me personally they'll probably put something out like end of january beginning of february or maybe like end of January, end of February to regarner support. So you kind of have that month or two between part the part one director's cut and part two in April. So um, like I said, overall, I recommend it. I enjoyed it. If you've never seen Star Wars, none of the connections would really make sense to you unless you know all the references. But you do have a samurai with lightsabers. You do have the um, smuggler type, soldier types. And all of that working together. General Titus is kind of like that um, Jolie Bindo kind of character. Korra's father feels kind of like the Obi-Wan type of character. Where instead of um, fighting for the rebellion, he stayed with the Empire kind of thing. So I think it was a what, I forget if it was a what if or just like general speculation of um, what if Obi-Wan has stayed with the Empire. And that's what you get it with Korra's father kind of thing. So um Without continuing to ramble on about it, I recommend it. Overall grade about a 90%. There wasn't anything terrible about it, but like I said, the original, or the original, like the first 30 minutes or so are kind of slow. So it's kind of hard to fall. Um, once you get past that, then it's the story picks up and is actually super interesting. So we'll see how the second part turns out. Um, so moving on, um, I also had a chance to finish um, episode 2 of Duke Nukem 3D Lunar Apocalypse and I actually want to say that compared to the first episode, I actually really liked the second episode quite a bit. The level designs were great. Um, I, I really liked the perspectives of the various uh, places we were at in space. So you're on a spaceship, you're on a moon base, you're on a space station. Um, you're underground into various moon caverns and things like that. So overall, they took what they did in episode one and turned it into a full-on space um, base. And even to the point where you could, at some points, I actually forgot that I was in a Duke Nukem game and I thought I was back in Doom fighting these enemies. I'm like, why are all these enemies off? And it's like, oh yeah, this is Duke Nukem and not Doom. So... Um, playing it now and in retrospect after all these years, I want to say that I did thoroughly enjoy um, all of episode 2 except for that final boss who looked very cartoonish and more like a Rancor than a uh, final boss where I actually preferred the boss to the on the first episode more. Um, that one looked a little bit more hashed out so I wonder if they would have been better off tra um, having traded places I guess. 
and Overlord would, was, is the final boss in the first episode, and then I forget the name of the final boss in the first one, but put him at the end of the second one, and it would have worked out a little bit better. But then again, the end of the second episode was kind of it was underwater, so I want to almost say that Overlord was potentially more supposed to be like an amphibious boss versus a reptilian boss or something like that. So, um, but overall, a good. I'm enjoying the gameplay. I'm glad I'm able to get through it. Overall, an easier episode than the first one, I thought. Um, some of the episodes, even though there's nine levels, a couple of them were actually super short and easy. So I wonder if um, they did that on purpose or because of space, they like I just tweaked it out a little bit based on the level that you're on or the environment that you're in. So that being said, um, I can't wait to see play the third episode. I do have the third and fourth episodes queued up. So um I'm going right into that third episode. Um, I can definitely say though now that I don't really remember anything about the second episode so except for or even the beginning of the third episode so I might have you know jumped around in levels or something just to poke around to see what was going on but I think my the memory of being stuck in caverns and things like that was that final level in episode one where I got stuck I wasn't sure what to do or where to go I didn't know about the handprints or um, going into the room to make the cab canyons um, fall apart and stuff like that so um, now that I know that that's probably that makes it a little bit better that at the time that's probably why I got stuck and over the game because I didn't know how to finish the level so um, all of this, especially episode two, are brand new territory for me. So it's just you know, same with episodes three and four. It's going to be all brand new territory. Um, so that being said, um, stay tuned on the YouTube channel for all the gameplay updates as I have them ready. I published them. So they're all up um, at youtube.com slash PatelN01. And I realized this episode is a lot, a little bit longer than I expected, but I just wanted to get all my thoughts out for Rebel Moon that it is a good film, very Seven Samurai, Dune, Star Wars, and Firefly-esque. So just a lot of different inspirations in the film, so definitely worth a watch. And Duke Nukem 3D, graphics aside, the story generally holds up. Also, personality doesn't really hold up now for the character, but... Um, as far as gameplay goes, I actually really enjoy it. So if they did do a proper Duke Nukem 3D remake with um, more modern graphics, then it would be awesome. Um, I did see a high resolution pack. Um, so I was thinking about trying that out to see how it goes. But um, initial test, like it feels a little bit too off. The monsters don't feel like they're moving quite as much good as the original game. So I'm going to continue the original gameplay or playing of the game with original graphics but um the high resolution pack or high resolution mod does look pretty cool so if you play it from the start it would probably flow a little bit better so there is that um but overall i am enjoying the game i'm glad i'm able to complete it now much like i have been able to catch up on doom in recent years so now i can enjoy the full story of the game um the last thought on that though, and initial thoughts on it prior to having actually finished the game and beat the final boss is that it feels like Duke Nukem 3D could have potentially been a good platform to base off of Doom 3, even to the point of just doing a simple reskin of all the bad guys, guns and weapons and all that to Doom. So you can add, you know, make a Doom 3 where you still have, you know, the dual double barrel shotgun and all that. 
but introduce a 3D look, um, improve textures and all of that, more a little bit better 3D and better level design and all that. Where a lot of the it feels like a lot of the assets are very similar. So um, all, on one hand, though, the graphics do seem a little bit less because they had to they introduce the 3D look and feel and movement and rotation and all that. But even with that, it's not too far off from Doom 1 and 2 to the point where a Doom 3 with the 3D look could have worked and had the same story as Duke Nukem 3D. Or even um, a Doom 3 where you have... Um, I mean, theoretically, you could have the same story, not necessarily, well, you could have, you know, PDAs and stuff like that and key cards and all that, or just leave it as is, keep the Doom 1 and 2 formula. Um, they do introduce more flying um, bad guys in Duke Nukem 3D, so you could have done an early version of the, um, I forget what Betruger's um, hell iteration was called, but... They could have pulled that off in, Duke, in Doom 3 via a Duke Nukem 3D mod. So in retrospect, it could have been done earlier than they did to introduce the free look and then reboot the franchise with uh, Doom 4, that's Doom 3 or whatever, and just change, introduce the graphics and story and all that and leave it as is or something. But just a thought as I was playing the game that, this, that Duke Nukem 3D could have been a good way to create a Doom 3 game with free look, new enemies, and all of that stuff, and still maintain the very essence of what makes Doom Doom. So with that being said, that's all there is for this particular um, update and review. So hopefully everyone has a happy holidays. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this longer than expected rant about Rebel Moon and Duke Nukem 3D, but um, as far as official podcasts go, um, like I mentioned, I think last week or the week before, um, um, I'll be off for a few weeks for podcasting. So just to regroup and get my thoughts together for next year's content. But um, as I play some games and things like that, I'll be uploading that content to YouTube. So stay tuned there. I've been thinking about doing some um, YouTube short content as well. So look out for that. Um, all of it will be on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash patelin01. So I was just thinking about doing, you know, one minute hot takes or one minute blogs or something like that, where I call something, you know, like Neil's hot takes or, or headphones Neil's hot takes or something like that. And I just put a quick review about something or quick thoughts or something like that up on YouTube. So um, if that comes to pass, or I have, as I have time, I'll put those up. So look out for those, like I said, on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash patelin01. Prior episodes and all episodes of the podcast are up on the website at headphonesneal.reviews. Um, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash pateln01 for ad-free version of the show, early access to the content, and stuff like that. Um, as far as this bonus episode goes, I figure I'm, or I'm going to put it up at the same time for patrons and for um, public, for, or on the public feed, just as a thank you for being a supporter of the uh, show whether you subscribe, listened after the fact, shared it on social media, and all or anything like that. However, you listen to the content, thank you. So for that, for that, this episode is going to go up at the same time for everybody, um, for patrons, the public RSS feed, and YouTube. So wherever you want to listen, the audio will be available everywhere. So that's all there is for this particular episode. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.